Hello everyone, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. Today I am excited to have Michael Furlonger of Canada as my guest. As a traumatic brain injury survivor at the age of six years old, so from that, from that point to today where he is now, he is a Christian. He is also the author of two Christian books and the founder of ChristianWritersBookstore.com. This gentleman has quite a story, folks, so you might want to grab your coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me Michael Furlonger from Canada. And he is the owner and founder of ChristianWritersBookstore.com. And I've got to tell you, folks, this is a phenomenal platform that he provides for Christian authors. Um, I myself have have chatted with him uh, previously and am able to be on his platform. So this is something you definitely want to look out for and look into if you are a Christian writer. And Michael will share a lot more about that with us as we chat today. So thank you for joining me, Michael, and welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Well, good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. So tell me, I know you sent me a brief summary um, of, a, of your background, and you mentioned when you were small, when you were age six, uh, you were in a car accident, and that in turn was the impetus for your family to learn and grow in their faith in God, and that they used a tragedy for his glory. Can you, can you expound on that just a little bit? Um, uh, yes. Uh, one, if my mother's listening to this, she'll, she'll say that like she grew up in the church, although, but anyway, um, but no, my, uh, I think sometimes a a traumatic thing does need to take place for us to turn back to God as we see throughout scripture. So, so that's what I mean by, um, so anyway, I was six years old. We lived in the country uh, I had a friend who lived next door and because it's in the country and the time is that, you know, it wasn't as unusual to walk over across the street to knock on your neighbor, say, hey, do you want to come out and play? And uh, so that's where it was. I was standing on the side of the road. My friend wasn't home and uh, the person wasn't paying attention. She had a couple kids in the back of her car, apparently. And uh and yeah, it um, it hit me. Uh, I was told the first night, this is going by testimony of my parents, mind you. So um, I was told the first night that I wasn't supposed to survive, that the doctors told them that they'd, you know, make me comfortable, but the odds are not looking good. Uh, after I survived the first night, uh, they put me in a coma, a medically induced coma, to prevent any rolling around because uh, an x-ray showed that I had a broken neck. And then uh, when they got me into the operating room, uh, they found out that the neck wasn't broken. And so the, the, the lead surgeon apparently ran out uh, to my, to my parents and said, do you believe in God? And that's never a good thing to hear a surgeon in such a panic like that. But he said, because your God has just done a miracle. Wow. So, so that's that part of the story. And 
And did you yeah. have lasting effects from that? Oh, definitely. Um, I had to relearn a lot of things, walking, which I wasn't supposed to do, talking, which I wasn't supposed to do, breathing on my own, which I wasn't supposed to do. Uh, wow. But yeah, I do suffer from brain damage. I do have a bad eye. Uh, if anyone watches my videos, they'll notice that I have a, like, people call it a lazy eye, but it's not lazy. It's just damaged. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I do have problems in that effect. I do uh, see a physiotherapist. I go about for sessions probably yearly for like about a month, every couple of years, just to realign my hip and, uh, and everything. Um, I was in the Paralympic or the pre-Paralympics for the um, uh, people with disabilities. Um, it's a special branch of the Olympics, I guess. Uh -huh. And so I was in that. So I have a bad left side. Um, yeah, a lot of different therapies throughout the years. And yeah. so, well, obviously, it hasn't it hasn't stopped you, because um, from my perception, from what I see anyway, you've you've got a lot going on online, especially in uh, the Christian Christian Writers Bookstore dot com that you have that you founded and run, and you're providing so much so much value to so many Christian authors, and many of them are newer authors, aren't they? Uh, yes, I do try to. Um focus on smaller authors like we can talk about theology and stuff of like big names like like joel osteen or, or td jakes or something but but because they have such a big platform i don't want to i don't want to use a lot of space for that i want to support more of the like the local the small um the smaller base uh, Christian authors and, and bloggers. Like the self-published or hybrid published indie authors, things like that? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely more of my focus. I think it's wonderful. Um, and I, I took you up on the opportunity a couple times uh, last year during the pandemic when everybody found themselves all of a sudden at home and doing much more online. So I appreciate it very much. So thank you. Um, now, for your over over the, let's see, your journey, your journey from when you were young and you went through all this, this huge physical trauma and all of the things that you still have to deal with throughout your life um, on a yearly basis, you had mentioned for several things. Throughout that time frame, there had to have been, or tell me if you experienced or you had, you know, that... Uh, that negative self-worth or fear of anything like fear that you wouldn't be able to do this now or were you so young that you just grew into it naturally <laughs> uh yeah def definitely um uh you know i wasn't allowed to partake in most sports um i wasn't allowed to do woodworking shop class in high school I, every every step of my life has to go through a legal battle, like getting a driver's license, which should be um, 
like a rite of passage kind of thing. It has to go through channels for me because my my brain damage at the, that time, especially, was such a rarity of survival. So, so it does still have to be um, modified and, and adjusted. Uh, so there's definitely been changes and, you know, and when you're, when you're watching, like, it's like watching Facebook, everyone ha puts up their favorite pictures and stuff and you're watching your own, uh, your own life, I guess. Uh, you know, you're watching all your friends play, going out into the sports, um, trying out for sports team in school and such. And knowing that you're not allowed to partake in those sports such so so i'm definitely there's definitely been huge changes and as for um as for fears and such yeah anxiety depression um i'm not going to say the third step of that progression because it might get blocked or something but uh it does really affect people uh affect me anyway um because when you're all alone, you have to find yourself, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. It does make sense. And I'm assuming you're going with anxiety, depression, suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. I, I think that that's, um, I have no problem addressing that because it's, uh, I've, I've lost a couple, a couple of friends to suicide. And even though, even though you, you know someone and you think you know them very, very well, you don't tip, you don't really know exactly what's going on inside their heads and in their hearts or just how lonely someone can feel. Even standing in a crowd of people, you could feel desperately lonely yeah, um, and depressed and anxious and sad. So I'm, uh, you know, I deal with anxiety and depression uh, myself. I, I freely admit that now. I have no problem saying that out loud and, and to the world at large simply because so many people have it, especially with this last year we've had. Mm. People are experiencing anxiety and depression on such a higher level now, and a lot of them that may never have experienced it or lived with it are now experiencing it and they don't know how to deal with it so i i prefer to address things like this if you know if you don't mind um and especially you know suicide it's it's a it's a very tough spot and a lot of people i have heard over the years say well that's selfish for people to want to kill themselves or if they succeeded that's very selfish look what they did to the people that are left behind my thought is, where were you when they needed the help so they wouldn't have to have gotten to that point? Yeah, for you know, sure. It's um, so if you're comfortable with it, um, explain how explain how you you got past that that thought of of wanting to take your own life. Um, yeah, I I am fully open with sharing it. It's just that in today's world where everything is, you know, censored or, or blocked somehow. I didn't want to raise any red flags or whatever, but anyway, uh, 
Um, I think my first big bout with those thoughts was in grade nine, because in, I don't know how it is in, in America, but in Canada, you're, you're separated in your class. So it's all your friends in grade eight, they're all your friends, but in grade nine, uh, you're divided between high, uh, between college courses and university courses. And I was placed in an even lower course than college courses, which like, uh, like a workplace um, courses where you learn the bare minimum of, of everything. And it just, it left me with this complete feeling that, as I said before, like I'm, I'm watching all these people going on with their lives and I'm still trying to get along. So, so I remember lying, it was all the month of December, I'd come home and I'd run up to my bedroom and, and I'd just lie on my bed and just like, um yeah and uh i i had times where it was less less extreme i was on medication on and off throughout high school for it and, and i'm back on uh, medication a much lower dose but i'm still on medication to protect me i guess uh but i think the biggest thing that has been a comfort is uh um, is this preaching by this guy named Leonard Ravenhill. He passed away in 94 or 96, but it was recorded and it's on YouTube. And he does this sermon, it's called a sermon jam about the spirit of a prophet, if anyone wants to look that up. And he says that the loneliest men in the world are prophets or I shouldn't say loneliest men, but a sign of a prophet is a very lonely life. And growing up where you're told you have to be this, you have to be great, you have to be awesome, you have to be famous, da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, to hear this, that God might actually be using me for something so much greater than than the here and now, that has been such a, uh, I don't know, breath of fresh air maybe. That's uh -huh. what I'm looking for. So that was hearing those words was just enough to give you that shift in your mindset. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. And, and, you know, and I'm, that was obviously a God thing mm -hmm. <laughs> to me, to me, it's obvious anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm certainly glad you're still around because look what you're doing now. You are providing, and it's no small thing, Michael, providing a platform for, other Christian authors to get their words out there, to share their stories. That is no small thing. And I know just simply because I do a lot of things similar to you on my end, I know the hours, the hours that it takes to put into something like that, to put into a project like that, where you're giving and you're giving from your heart. And obviously it's a God led mission for you. When did you start the Christian writers bookstore? Um, the official website I started in January 2020. Um, I, my father hired me for his website as a writer to just keep up and, and maintenance and stuff of his website. But I had to learn all these different uh, side of things, the website side of writing, I guess. And because of the 
COVID and the lockdown and everything that happened uh, early in 2020, <laughs> I thought, well, I might as well put something to, to use. And so I started this in January 2020. Wonderful, wonderful. And you, it's, I'm kind of amazed because it's literally just one year ago that you, that you started this and your platform just continues to grow and grow. You've got some amazing authors on there and I, I read some of the blogs. I've um, downloaded some of the books. I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. I have so many I want to read. Um, <laughs> but if you've just started this a year ago, well done, my goodness, because your platform just continues to grow and grow. Now you, you are an author yourself, correct? Yes. Tell, tell us about your books, because you have more than one, right? Uh, yes. Um, my two published books are, is called, first one's God, the Master of Sin and Satan, the Beautiful. Uh, and the other one is Assurance of Salvation, and when, uh, when did you when did you publish those? I published God the Master of Sin was initially picked up for publication by a company in uh, I think 2016, but due to some uh, legal issues on their end, they're no longer a company. So I was so it was pushed back, and and then I self published in uh, 2018. And uh, Assurance of Salvation is self-published, and I put that together in 2019, I believe. And how did you come about with, with both of those books? Like, what, um, what was the impetus for it? What spurred you on to, to write your first book? Well, my first book... I, I used to go to a church. I went to various churches, but the church that I was at at that time was one of these hyper evangelical Pentecostal, everything is an emotion and a feeling and, and all of that stuff. And I could not grasp or understand that, that part of it. So I really needed to, to sit down and, read the word of God, you know, cover to cover and just who are you? God, you, I get it. You create the universe. You, you know, you do all these things you, and we know all the miracles in the Bible, but, but who are you? You, you, you don't throw me in a lion's den. So that, so that one's that you don't, I'm not wandering the desert. So there's no manna from heaven. So I needed to really understand what does God want of me in the 21st century kind of a thing. And so as I'm reading, I'm reading that this is happening to the Israelite people after they're, you know, they've left the, uh, they left Egypt, they've left the desert, they're in the promised land. Now they're getting all comfortable and, and God's still calling to them, calling to them, calling to them. And, they're turning to these other gods, these foreign gods. Anyway, so I just, I really needed to get a full grasp of what God wants. And that's why some people hate me for it. But I love the law that God gave to the Israelites in the desert. Because it's showing a complete different uh, 
view of who we are, what we're supposed to be doing, than just, you know, follow your heart and do what feels right and, and all of that. He said, no, I'm, I'm angry when you're, when you, when you know, you, you cheat your neighbor. I'm angry with you because that when you, you know, cheat on your wife or, or, you know, have premarital or extramarital sex or, or you disrespect your parents or, or all of these things. God says, no, I'm very angry with you about this. Don't get me wrong. I love you. I sent my son to die on a cross so that there will never be anything to separate me from you. But I am angry when you are doing these things with an unrepentant, well, you can't do them with a repentant heart, but that you keep on doing these, these wicked things. So, yeah, it just, it, it shifted me so much because like I was living a life of complete sin at that time. I'm still going to this church because, you know, it's all feelings. So I just did what feels right. And a lot of that was, was sinful. And uh, after I broke up with a girlfriend, I really needed to say like, what do you want from me, God? This is not making any sense. So I just, so I did this study of the uh, of the Bible, I guess. I, I wrote it out. It's very easy to read, I believe, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, see. And so I title it God the Master of Sin because God is the only one that could help me overcome my lust, overcome my, my swearing and my anger issues, you know, overcome my, my disrespect of to both my parents and to like church leaders and politicians and all these things, which I think nowadays, 2021, we all need to learn a bit more on respect. <laughs> but, I agree. <laughs> uh, so, so that's that. And Satan, the beautiful, I know that the title seems weird, but Satan, the beautiful is on how Satan makes everything look beautiful, essentially, right? Like, like God says, no, Michael, don't don't have sex until you're married and and satan is on the other side like why not it, it's fun you'll enjoy it it's great god says don't don't drink that which leads to a life of debauchery and and satan's like why you're seeing all of them they're all having a great time it's like do do what you want to do michael so that's those were the uh the titles i guess that i wanted to use well i have noticed in reading your blogs that you post on your website the christian writers bookstore.com your titles and i think i've even commented on a few of them saying it was your title that grabbed me and said to me wow you have to find out what he means by that <laughs> now i know you had mentioned uh while you were talking you said a lot of people don't don't care for your view or how you how you share some of your stuff i <clears throat> i actually and this is just me personally I appreciate someone who's in your face like that because you're putting it out there in black and white saying you can pretty it up and put perfume and flowers on it all you want, all you want. But the word is, is here in the Bible. You can't, there's no prettying it up. It is what it is. And you've got a good way of doing that. And I, I truly appreciate your style of writing. I, I enjoy it. And, it certainly gets one thinking. That is for darn sure. So well, thank done. You. well done on that. <laughs> thank you. Now, your second book, what was the, the name of your second book? Uh, it's called Assurance of Salvation, Finding 
Sorry, I don't, I don't even know the one. So assurance of salvation then has a subtitle of uh, subheading or whatever the subtitle. So look it up now. Assurance of salvation, how to find assurance of your eternity. So after I wrote um, my first book, and, and I'm, get, I'm getting this publishing contract, right? And they're like, yeah, Michael, you'll go, you'll do these speaking tours, you'll, you'll, you'll be famous, right? And, and my mind, carnal mind as it is, it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to be famous. I want to go on, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show and, and whatever else. Uh, and, um, and I'm thinking, okay, Michael, you, you, can't be, you can't be sleeping around. You can't be on all these dating sites like you were. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll look at trash online, whatever I want to do. And God really just stabbed me, um, metaphorically stabbed me in the heart with this one that, that when um, with some of these other preachers that I'd come across online after listening to Ravenhill, um, people like, uh, uh, what's his name? Paul Washer. I don't, I don't want to encourage, like force anything on anyone, but Paul Washer, he's very, uh, very, uh, very Calvinist, very conservative preaching, which can sometimes be off-putting, very, um, very boring style, but it was so informative and just this idea that God is angry with the wicked and realizing that although I might stop one sin, I have a deeper issue that needed to be addressed. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm, I spent maybe three, three, four, five, ten years. Uh, if people are trying to do the math there, I mean, three years, but, <laughs> uh, but I spent like th- at least three years really like weeping in my bed. Like I used to, to get over some of these sins that God says, I detest these sins and I will not tolerate someone in my presence who is, who is actively living in these sins. As it says in, uh, in first John is that anyone who lives, say anyone who lives in sin has no fellowship with the light or who walks in darkness. So I used to, you know, pray on my bed. I used to sleep at the side of my bed on my knees, not, not that I wanted to. I just start praying and I fall asleep. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I really needed to find assurance of salvation. As it says, I think it's, it's a, I think it's Second Peter chapter one where he says, "Make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and goodness, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and 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 more. And and in this, you will make your calling and your election sure." And we can talk about predestination versus free will another time. But it really just made me consider everything I believe. Because as James says, is that you believe that God is one. Well, well, good. But keep in mind that the demons believe this too. And they shudder. They, like, they, are, they actually shudder at the thought of this. And, and here we are as the modern-day Christian living a life of under you can't see me quoting the word grace but like we live in this using grace as an excuse to to live in sin so i really needed to uh sit down and and hammer these things out so it's the book is very i think you would really get my my voice out of it you know when people do the edit sometimes you lose your voice but i think you'd really get my voice out of it my confusion of 
of arguing throughout scripture when, uh, as I'm trying to find, find this assurance that I'm called to have. So, so that's what that book is about. You tackle pretty tough subjects in your books. Yeah. You, you tackle the stuff that people don't want to think about. They don't want to hear about it. And they very well may skip over it when they're reading the Bible. Yeah, definitely. And that's a that's scary amazing. thought. I, and I, I love that. I love that you've, you've got, obviously you have, you've been put on a mission because you have this passion in your heart to do that. And obvious, I think it's God led and you certainly you don't mean any ill will or negativity towards anyone. You're just sharing how, how God is leading you to share his word. Mm, yeah. And I like how you said, um, at times we, as in people in general, humans, use grace to continue to live in sin. Mm. That's a powerful sentence right there. And I bet that that could just get people's hackles up immediately. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother book, Michael. Yeah. Hey, All write right. that down. <laughs> All right. You, you and I will we'll work on one together. We'll co-write it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because I'm more on the, the lovey dovey side. <laughs> It, that would be actually very interesting, though, wouldn't it, to have both sides mm -hmm. of yeah. the coin on something like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hey, yes, we will have to chat about that uh, off mic sometime. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I, I learned, though, in my, in my faith walk is that people need uh, – this might sound bad – people need God to be – different in a sense like if you are a criminal and you're in jail you have already been convicted by the law so you need to hear of a god that says i know the wicked you've done but i forgive you but me i grew up in a very loving very uh very kind household so i didn't hear much about the rights and wrongs so i need the law to keep keep my path straight so it's so it's very hard for me to to not speak the law because that's how i needed god to to straighten out the chaos of my life but there are others who who have lived a chaotic uh life and have seen where it leads them and they will be more on a preaching a, a message of of grace and love and forgiveness and i believe that uh, we, as the body of Christ, need need both. You know, we need to know that God loves you. God forgives you. He sent his son to die for you. But he really doesn't like what you're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to find uh, find that balancing act. And I don't know if in the 2,000 years of the church, I don't know if we've ever perfectly balanced it. Jesus you know, Christ. And I don't, I don't know that we as humans can. No. Yeah, because uh, Jesus, in, uh, in the Gospel of John, it says uh, that Jesus perfectly balanced grace and truth. And if, if it says it about Jesus, I'm going to aim for it, but I'm going to live in the reality that I'm probably not going to be able to make that mark. Right. And none of us can, I don't think. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can strive and do our best. 
and honestly, that's it. We can do our best, you know, have, have a heart for him, listen to him when he tells us to do something and read his word mm-hmm. and just do the best that we can. This is great stuff, Michael. I have enjoyed, enjoyed talking to you. So before we, before we wrap this up, um, share where folks can find you so they can learn more about you and also the authors that you support on your platform. Uh, okay. Um, so of course there's christianwritersbookstore.com. If, uh, every, the author's books are up there. Uh, so you can check that out. There's a, a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash group forward slash, slash Christian writers bookstore. Uh, if you put, just put that in the search, you'll get that. And, and that, um, uh, you'll get a lot of blog posts for on that from different authors and we're on YouTube. Um, we don't have a name yet, but if you search Christian writers bookstore in the YouTube search, uh, you should get a number of, uh, videos of mine and, and other authors as well. Wonderful. And you had mentioned earlier that, um, you, you're, you're striving for your hundred six subscribers on YouTube channel, correct? Uh, yes. The YouTube has a, a rule that they won't let you name your page or your channel until you reach that hundred, hundred person mark. And so, I'm, I'm searching to get to that hundred so I can uh, put a name to it. Okay. Wonderful. So you heard that folks get on out there, hop on YouTube and look up Christian writers bookstore and it'll come up for you. He said there's several videos up there already. Get on there so we can and uh, subscribe, click the subscribe button to help him reach his hundred, that hundred subscriber mark. So he's able to actually put a title on it. Looking forward to it. Um, I know that you've got a lot of great stuff coming coming up in the future with with uh, your your platform, ChristianWritersBookstore.com, as well as your YouTube channel. Looking forward to all of it that's coming uh, coming up in this year. And good luck with all of that, Michael. And thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. I've truly enjoyed having you on. Thank you, Kim. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Good one. God bless. Okay, you still on?